Oh my god, technical issue after technical issue, but now we're back and we're finally working. Um, damn, when it comes to this game, when it comes to this podcast game, consistency is key. I know, I know, I know it is, but it's just never. It's just it's the it's the game. It's it's the key. But that's what makes it so hard to achieve. If it was easy to achieve the key, everyone would have the key. Everyone's doors would be unlocked. Everyone would just be train. You know what I mean? And society would be like a train and we'd just be moving forward. Speaking about moving forward, man. Oh, hold on. Disrespectful. Music was still on in the background. Um, speaking about moving forward, bro, I, I was at work. Um, damn, when did this happen? Last week? And I was going to record it on the podcast, but whatever. We're here now. Um, I go into work, um, uh, and I have my, like, I've done my, my morning, <clears throat> my morning part, have my break, come back. And when I come back, like the, the afternoon slash night shift people were like coming in, you know what I mean? Like the next, uh, shift. So then when we end, there's still workers to, to go through the night. Cause I stopped doing night shift cause, um, you know, I wasn't that desperate for money anymore. Anyways, whole nother thing. Um, they come in and, and, you know, some new faces and I know like Christmas casuals, everybody knows people hire Christmas casuals or just casuals in general. Companies do that. So they're all casual employees. So I'm like, whatever, some new faces, not going to recognize anyone anyways. Um, but funny enough, I'm walking into like my section to work and, um, a familiar face. He, and I don't have my, like, I, I wear glasses for like long distance, um, but I can read like whatever's in the room or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like the situation ain't that bad, but he was from long distance and it was this tall white guy and I was like, <laughs> and he was like, Oi, what's, uh, what's doing lad? He hit me with that. And I was like, I thought I knew who he was. Cause I walk with, I work with another tall, like white guy. Like they all look the same from a distance when you, you don't have your glasses on blonde hair, tall, like mullet type of thing going on, hat on, especially when they all wear a hat. Um, I'm like, Oh yeah, good. Like where you been? Cause I hadn't seen him. And he's like, oh, bro. And as he gets closer, I'm like, hold on a minute. I I know who you are, bro. So rewind. Rewind. Last year, this time last year when I started this job, or a bit back before this time last year, I worked with a guy for like a week, and he was from Sydney as well. So we got along. I was like, oh, you were from Sydney? Like, I lived here. Where'd you live? Blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. He was older. He was like 27. And we worked for the first week together, and then he just disappeared. Like I like the weekend came like we we started on Monday worked till Friday and the the weekend came and he just kind of disappeared and I never saw him again. Fast forward to like last week, I see this guy, and I was like, "Bro, where have you been?" And he's like, "Oh, bro, this is legit how he talked. Oh, bro, I've been all over, bro. Like went out New South Wales, went out to jail, bro. Went out this, and I'm like, hold on, jail." what what do you mean like fill me in so i'm like like spit it out bro what do you mean jail like you mentioned in jail and i knew he was kind of like you know like not the most law-abiding citizen but he was okay like he's a real nice guy to me anyways um long story short that weekend after our first week together of working together he ended up going back to sydney to visit his parents um and when he got there, he got around the same group of mates that he used to hang around that he literally moved away to Melbourne from. By the way, he has, like, kids here, his missos here, whatever, right? Like, he just went away for the weekend by himself. He gets around those mates. Apparently, they convince him, like, oh, they got a car that they can steal. And this dumb motherfucker's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like an all right thing. You know, I've got kids and i got my life together. i just got a job. And 
a week ago. But yeah, I'll go steal this car with you guys. And apparently he was the mastermind in the end. Anyways, they got him, chucked him in jail for like 10 months. And he got processed, you know, like you sit in, um, I think it's like on remand or something. I don't know what it is. Like you, this jail and then this prison, like holding cell type situation where you get moved around. Then you finally go to prison. Um, if you have mates in jail, then this is new. But relax. Who am I? Hard kind of got mates in jail. I don't have that. You know, you you always go to high school with like one kid, and um, you know, you just hear like a few years down the line, you're like, oh, you know, so and so, yeah, you know, Jacob, oh, you know, uh, Taylor, yeah, he's in jail, and then you're just like, oh shit. Um, so that's how I know these things. And he was like, oh, yeah, I was, I, I went and I got pinched, and they just like took me in, and I couldn't even contact my wife or whatever, and. Until, like, I finally got the phone, like, ages down the line. And they were like, we thought you, like, got abducted or something. He's like, nah, just even worse, bro. I'm in jail. And, and then, um, and I was like, oh, that would have come as a shock. Like, and then you're gone for, like, a year for stealing cars or being the mastermind of stealing cars. I don't know what that's uh, called legally. Whatever it is. It's called being a dropkick. Anyways, he went and did that and served his time out. And he was like, oh, I went to, like, um, Lithgow, Penrith, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, the new ones out in Penrith. Like, that would have been good. Like, at least you got, like, a new jail. And he's like, yeah. Uh, once again, I just know that because general knowledge, whatever, Penrith. Anyways, he comes back. And I'm like, so when would you get back? And he's like, oh, yesterday. And I was like, what? How would you get back? And he's like, oh, my parents paid for the flight. Uh, when they released him, uh, they didn't have his clothes. The clothes... Uh, that he was in when he got pinched. They took them at the station. And then he had to go back to, I think they dropped him off at Parramatta or something. And he's like, bro, I look like a crackhead. I was in my greens at Parramatta Station. If you're from Sydney, you know how packed Parramatta Station is. And he was in his greens. His all greens, like his, you know, jail fit. <laughs> Barefoot running uh, down to the station or whatever to get, um, like from Parramatta train station to the police station or something to get his like civilian clothes and everyone was just staring at him. And I was like, yeah, they would have been like, I would have thought you were on the run for real. Surprised you didn't get pinched again. You know what I mean? Somebody just dob you in like, oh, there's this convict out here. Reminded me of this story. If everyone, um, damn, I can't remember his name. There was this famous bank robber in Australia in the, I like to say the seventies, sixties, seventies, somewhere around then, you know what I mean? Before the internet. Um, and he was a famous bank robber in Sydney and obviously on a bigger scale than this guy pinching cars. But he, he'd done a spree on the East Coast and then South Coast. So he'd hit like Queensland, Gold Coast, Surfers, Sydney, and then made his way down to Melbourne, hit that. And um, even now Australia, like it's, it's really just the East Coast and the South Coast. Like if you, if you leave that, there's nothing. So imagine what it would have been like in the 60s or 70s. Like, they legit would have been like nothing besides Melbourne, Sydney, Gold Coast, Brisbane. Even Brisbane would have been like a town. But anyways, so he's hit all the main cities and it was too hot for him. So he was like, oh, i got to like go hide out for a bit. So he goes and he, he goes out to like the outback, like literally um, flies under a fake name or whatever to Darwin. And then from Darwin looks to catch a flight to Alice Springs. Anyways, word got out that he was using a fake ID or a fake whatever. I don't know how he checked in in the 60s or 70s. But um, he was he was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, on steroids, so he was freaking jacked. But blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like Aussie bloke, right? And when he got on the plane to go to Alice Springs, there were these backpack, like Swedish backpackers on the plane. 
you know, the type that told us, he's a Pfizer, he's a Pfizer. You know what I mean? Those ones. Um, and he was talking to them and obviously he looks, if you're blonde hair, blue eyed, you, you look Swedish. Anyways. So when he hops off the plane, the outback cops are waiting for him, like the bush cops. And so he gets off the plane and they grab him and he starts saying, um, Oh, you can't, you can't, uh, he starts like in broken Swedish, like you can't touch me. I'm Swedish national. I'm going to call the embassy. This cannot be. And the cops freak out. They're like, holy shit. Like what if this guy is one of these Swedish backpackers, right? So we should let him go. Anyways, they let him go. And the, the head like bush cop, I don't know uh, what it was called back then. Lieutenant in charge or whatever, like the commissioner type of like guy out there in the outback. I think back then it was sheriff. Maybe, who knows. Anyways, the sheriff type of figure was like, hold on, take his shirt off. And so he's like, what? And his, and with his fake Swedish accent. And so they grab him again, they take his shirt off, and he's got the Southern Cross tattooed on his chest, uh, which is as Australian as they get. And they're like, yeah, give it up, you're not Swedish. Anyways, they chuck him in jail, uh, which is full of Aboriginals, which are like as black as, you know, Africans, like Sudanese like the proper outback Aboriginals, not some 116th cunt running around in Melbourne. Um, and, yeah, he would have been pretty popular back then over there, right? Like, <laughs> imagine being the one white guy, not even the one blonde hair, like, Swedish looking, but just the one white guy in this jail full of black people that don't like white people. Ah, oh, that would have been a disaster. And I thought I had it rough in this fucking work shift. Anyways, back to this guy, I was like, oh, shit, like how life changes, right? Like, you were just going to Sydney last year. Everything was good. You had this new job. Uh, you got a kid and, you know, life's cruisy. You're earning big, so you flew back to Sydney to see the rents. And then, bam, you just you find yourself in jail. I mean, hopefully, you know, I wouldn't see myself getting into that situation, but who knows. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy how life hits you. Because, I mean, almost like COVID. Like, nobody saw COVID coming, but nobody saw, like, any of, you know, nobody, he didn't see for the next year, not the next month, not the next week, not the next 10 hours, the next year he'll be waking up in a cell thinking, where did it all go wrong? Now I was on my way to Sydney and next thing you know, and I was in handcuffs and blah, blah, blah. And it's crazy how life hits you. And now, fuck, this is going to be like a story time thing, but I had this rugby coach. I don't know, fuck, maybe people will like the stories, but I had this rugby coach a uh, real Aussie bloke in Sydney when I used to play footy. Um, rugby union, by the way, not league, none of that concussion shit. Anyways, had this coach and he was really good and he played professional and he was he was good enough that he played professional, but he wasn't good enough to make like the Wallabies, like the Australian squad. Anyways, uh, when you're in that situation and you're good, but you're just not good enough, what you usually do is go and play overseas because they pay you way more cash. Quick finesse and a quick tip for young players. So what he ended up doing was getting a contract to play in Northampton. I think it's the Northampton Saints in England. Well, I'll try not to say too much real info because he might lose his, his, whatever, his name might go out there. Anyways, whatever. There's Who knows how many Aussies played for the Northampton Saints. But he played for the Northampton. He got a contract um, and he moves with his miso because uh, she's English. So that's what the motivation to play specifically in England. Anyways, he moves out there and life's good. And he has a newborn baby and he's got a game in, I'd like to say it was Sale, 
Sale? I don't know. Somewhere in the freaking... It was really cold in the north. Anyways, it was winter time because that's when they play, obviously, the, the rugby season. And um, he's just had a newborn kid and, and he and he gets on the bus. This is back in like 2000 and I don't know, eight. Between like 2008 and 2012, like semi-ancient history by now. Anyways, he's there and he, uh, he, he they're playing. It's an away game at Sale. So he jumps on the bus at Northampton at like the stadium park and they all go on like this big bus, like the team bus. They get to sale and he plays great. You know, he even scores a try and uh, it causes for celebration. So they win the game and on the way back on the bus, it's like nighttime now because they played like in the evening slash night. Um, you know, the boys are having a few beers and he's, he's, he's a big drinker, but like not alcoholic, but he's just a fan of drinking. And, you know, he has like one or two, but he doesn't have too many because he's in season and uh, he's a forward. So he's a big boy. Uh, if anybody knows positions, you know what that means. Anyways. So he's coming back on this bus. He has one or two beers with the boys. Things are looking great. He's got to try. You know, you don't get that often if you're a forward in rugby. Um, and when he gets back to the parking lot in Northampton, it's frozen. It's like it's like midnight, like 1 a.m., midnight, 1 a.m.-ish. Yeah, early morning, I think he said, 1 a.m. And it, everything, it's been snowing, like slightly, but it's it's formed into like ice. You know what I mean? Or maybe it was raining and it formed into ice, however that goes. And, um, you know, he walks to his car and it's just completely frozen over the top. Now, he's lived in Australia his, his whole life. He's never seen snow. He's never seen, like, he's lived, he's a Sydney boy, Sydney sider. Never seen snow, never seen freaking ice frozen over. Never even been in minus something degree weather. And here he is in Northampton at 1 a.m., basically in Antarctica. Anyways, he looks around and all the other boys, uh, they get to their car and they start whipping out things out of their bag, the defrosters and this and that and... And he's like, oh, shit, I don't have nothing. And he just figures, well, if I just get in the car and start it up, you know, eventually it's going to warm up enough and I'll be on my way in like 10 minutes. So that's what he does. He opens it up, he gets inside, chucks the heater on blast, and when he gets inside, it is pitch black. Can't see nothing. There's ice over everything. And um, he waits and, and, and nothing's really melting. And he's like, ah, oh, shit, okay. And he opens the door uh, to look out because he can't put his window down. He opens the door to look out and, you know, slowly, like, everyone's starting to leave, but people still waiting. And he's like, oh, okay, like, maybe, maybe it takes a bit longer. And so he keeps waiting. Another, like, 10 minutes pass and he looks out and there's, like, no one left in the car park. And he's just there by himself. And he's like, oh, shit, like, that was quick, like, in those 20 minutes. Anyways, he remembers he left a water bottle in the back. And so he looks over into the back seat and the water bottle's there, frozen thick like a fucking brick and says like oh well there goes that plan and then he's like oh what do I do like you know here I am it's 1am like I've got a newborn you know I can't call for help now they'll be asleep or you know and he's, he's living with his I think it was his wife's um his wife's parents like his in-laws and be a bit embarrassing and he was just you know wasn't thinking straight anyway so he was like oh I remember on the way here, there was like a Sainsbury's like not too far away, like maybe 500 meters. If I could just open the door and peek out and, and, and drive, you know, maybe I can make it. Sainsbury's for people in Australia and like Canada and shit and New Zealand. It's like, it's like Woolworths. It's like, uh, it's just like a grocery store, Sainsbury's. Anyway, so he's like, oh, maybe I could do that. And so he's pulling this whole MacGyver maneuver and he's, he's peeking out and he's driving one hand on the steering wheel, his head's out and he's got the big subwoofers in the back and he's 
you know, blasting Tupac, Hail Mary, can you save me? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he was that kind of guy. Anyways, he gets to the, the Sainsbury's that he remembers, and it's fucking 1 a.m., dude. He didn't even remember. It's probably shot. He wasn't even thinking straight. Obviously, it's shot. That car park's empty. He's like, ah, shit. And so he's like, he's like, think, think, think. Like, oh, shit, I almost said his name. He's like, think, think, think. Like, you know, and he remembers one of the boys said that one time, the other Australian boy, I think he was from uh, Zimbabwe, maybe Botswana, South Africa. He was some, like, white African guy, probably South Africa. Uh, when he came, he hadn't seen snow either. And um, once he went to his car and the keyhole was frozen shut and it was an old car, so he couldn't uh, unlock it. Like, you know, he had to put his key in. And what he ended up doing was pissing on the door handle. Ice came unfrozen, you know, thawed, put his key in, drove away. <clears throat> so here's my coach with the great great idea. He's like, well, you know, I had to piss anyway, so why don't I just get up on the car and piss on the windscreen and I'll be home free. Bright idea. Anyway, so he, he gets up onto the bonnet of his car, this big forward, and starts pissing on his windscreen. And what do you know? Voila. It's working. And slowly and slowly, and he's, and he's pissing all over it, and it's coming undone. And just as he thinks he's in the clear, bam, the blue lights start flashing. And he's like, oh, shit. He, he quickly, like, you know, puts his his piece away. He gets some piss on his hands. He's, he's nervous. Ah. But he's like, oh, relax. Like, you'll be fine. <clears throat> Explain yourself. Anyway, so they pull up, and they're like, what are you doing? And he starts mumbling. Oh, you know, I, I got to my car and it was 1am. We got back from the bus. And they're like, just get in the car, mate. Like, what are you doing? And so he gets in the car and he's like, hold on. Am I being arrested? Like, why am I? And so he tries to open the door to get out of the car, the police car, and the door's locked. So he's in the back of some police car now, maybe being arrested. Anyways, um, so he's, he's like to them, oh, you know, tries to like, explain his situation because they're like like what are you doing and uh he's like oh blah 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 blah, and he remembers in australia um that sometimes if uh if you tell the like the cops that you're a rugby player usually they like you know chit chat for a bit or they let you go with stuff so he tries to whip it out he's like oh yeah you know by the way i play for northampton saints and we just and, and they're like oh you're a rugby player and he's like yeah and they're like oh cool uh blow on this and so they give him the breathalyzer test. And so he's like, ah, shit, like that didn't work. So um, he blows on the he blows on the breathalyzer real quick, just like, <laughs> and and they're like, oh, no, like, what are you doing? Like, blow on it again. That didn't register. And blow into there's a beep. And then suddenly it clicks. He's had some drinks on the bus. Here he is peeing in public, which is illegal, and on the hood of his car. It's midnight. There could be a school nearby. And now suddenly he starts to panic. And he's like, oh, shit, like, I could be locked away. Like, I just had a kid. You know, what about my contract? What's my team going to think? And, and he gets all nervous. And so they give him the breath lies and he <laughs> blows on it again. And the cop looks at him after it comes back and he says, mate, if you don't blow on this till it beeps, we're going to take you to the station and you're going to be under arrest. And so it's like, oh, okay. It's like, maybe you can, you know, it's been a couple of hours maybe. Like, I should be fine. Like, two standard drinks or like, whatever. So he blows on it till it beeps beep beep and he gives it back and he's sitting in there just contemplating his future and both of the cops look at the reading and they look at each other and they just burst out laughing and then my coach is there confused like what's going on and the guy turns around and he's like mate I just caught you pissing on your fucking car 
at midnight. What are you doing, man? And he's like, please, like, I'm, I'm not from here. I'm from Australia. I'm from Sydney. I've never seen snow in my life. And I just got back from the bars. And, you know, I've got a daughter. And, uh, and they're like, if you needed help, yeah, you could have just called out. And then he's like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, and anyway, so his reading came back as like 0.29. And I think the reading and the legal is like, the legal reading that you need to be under is like 0.35 or something. So they were like, you just made it. I don't know if that's the, that's just what I'd roughly remember. Anyway, so they're like, oh, so you just made it like under the thing. So you're good to go. And they end up uh, helping him out and like, you know, defrosting his whole thing and, you know, washing down the piss. Um, And then he was on his way home and he (laughs) didn't tell his wife about that till like, I think it was like a year later till it blew over. And then she was shocked and stuff. But crazy to think how life could have changed and what direction it could have gone in for that one. Um, But anyways, not much time as per usual. Ah, thank you for tuning in for another Sunday service. I'll see you boys and gals another time later, whenever I drop another one, hopefully soon.